Praise the Lord. Praise God. Glory. Well, glory to God. It's good to see everybody here. Amen. Amen. God is so good. He's good all the time. All the time, God is good. Amen. Praise the Lord. We will remind everyone that Tuesday morning, uh, the uh, rest home service is going to be. And uh, so, I think they get started earlier now, don't they? About 9.45 or... And anyway, so get there around 9.30 so you'll be ready to roll. <laughs> Amen. But uh, anyway, it's good. It's good. Those people enjoy singing and worshiping the Lord. And, and it makes you feel good to be able to help them worship the Lord. Amen. And just sing with them. Praise God. Well, glory to God. I, I tell you what, I'm, I'm excited about what God's doing. We, we started a message the other night. I didn't get to finish it. Because I've learned... That, you know, you can't give the whole bale of hay at once. Amen. Because if you try to give it to them all at once, people choke on it, you know. No, we, we, I tell you, it's such a vast subject that you can't really get it all in. But God just laid this in my heart and uh, in my spirit about heaven. How many knows heaven's real? Amen. You know, this isn't just some fairy story or fairy tale or... Something that we think of that we're going to, uh, you know, someday be in a la-la land somewhere. But heaven is a real place. It's a real country. It's a real place. And uh, uh, I don't think we'll ever understand the fullness of heaven here on earth with all the, uh, even with all the knowledge that we have. But one thing about it, we can get an understanding enough to know, I want to go there. How many wants to go to heaven? Now, don't be like that one guy sitting on the front row and, and everybody else shouting, Amen, yeah, I'm ready. And he never did raise his hand, you know. And, and the preacher finally said, Sir, i got to ask you a question. How come you don't raise your hand? Don't you want to go to heaven? He said, Oh, yeah, but I thought you was getting a load up right now. <laughs> well, not everybody's ready to go. But, but yet we are ready to go. We have to be ready in our heart. Turn over to Hebrews eleven sixteen. And then Hebrews 13, 14, and Revelation 4, 2, we're going to read some scriptures here to just begin with. But Paul's writing in Hebrews, he said, But now they desire a better, that is, a heavenly country. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He has prepared a city for them. Now, I want you to see what, what Paul's saying here. He has prepared a city. He's prepared heaven for them. Then in Hebrews 13, 14, he said, For here we have no continuing city, but we do seek the one to come. We do seek the one to come. John the Revelator, on the Isle of Patmos, in Revelation, the fourth chapter, in the second verse, he said, At once I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne stood in heaven. With one seated on the throne. John was getting a vision of heaven. Of what heaven really is. And what it really is. Now. Heaven is difficult for some people to envision. Some people think heaven is heaven on earth. (laughs) Uh, We had a great teaching this morning in Sunday school. And uh, I tell you what. This world is not our home. But we're just passing through. And things, and I don't want to say this to put a damper on anybody's spirit, but things are going to get worse and worse and worse and worse. The church hasn't been crying out, come quickly, Lord Jesus. But I believe as things begin to happen in this earth, and things are continuing, and the things are beginning to happen in this earth. I want to tell you something. It's a spiritual war. It's not a physical war against flesh and blood. It's a spiritual warfare that's going on in our nation, in our world. It's a spirit. It's not just here in the United States. This thing is a worldwide epidemic of, of uh, anti-God, anti-Christ, uh, anti-Christian. It's worldwide. And they're trying to make this a worldwide... In fact, somebody was trying to set... If they got in, they were going to set a law to outlaw Christianity. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, just do away with Christianity. Because we're bigots. 
<laughs> and we're, we're racist. And we're all, I mean, this is what they say. Well, we know we're not. But I want to tell you something. God loves all nationalities, all races, all colors, all continents, all nations, every people in this earth. God loves them. And I'll tell you what, we don't hear about it here, but in Indonesia right now, there is a tremendous revival going on. People being converted to the Lord by the multitudes. Even in China, there's something happening. They have what they call house churches over there. And people are getting born again. They're getting saved. At their, uh, of course, uh, they're, they're in danger when they do that as far as the flesh and their physical bodies. But the thing is, it's happening everywhere. Even in the communist country, even in Iran, there's people getting saved. Spirit filled. Remember, it wasn't too long ago that there was a, was an Assemblies of God pastor that was a prisoner over there. I, I believe he was an Assembly of God pastor, but he had a church over there and they imprisoned him. But there was a lot of political maneuvers going on on our side, but a lot of prayers going up also. And he finally got set free and got to get with his family. Thank God, Amen. But what I'm saying is. This, it's not going to get better in this world. This world is going to wax worse and worse and worse and worse. And we might as well prepare for it. But also, at the same time, as it's waxing worse and worse, God's power is still available. And God's power will be manifested. And God will still reveal Himself as the God of this universe and the God of this world. He is God. Amen? And we're still going to see supernatural things happen. But... There is one that's seated on the throne. That's what John saw on the Isle of Patmos. One sat on the throne. And I want to tell you something. God's still on the throne. He hasn't been dethroned. Now, heaven is real. Heaven is a real place. And it matters. Revelations 4, verses 1 through 3, 1 through 3 it says that we're shown that heaven is a place of worship. And I think this is one thing that we're going to realize when we get to heaven. There's going to be a lot of worship going on up in heaven. A lot of praise and adoration to the Father and to the Son of the Lord. And, and, and we're going to just be praising Him. I mean, it's going to be a glorious thing. And in Revelations 4, 1 through 3, we read that a while ago, but I want to read the one, uh, first verse through the third verse. After these things, I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, Come up here, and I'll show you things which must take place after this. And immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And he who sat there was like a jasper, and a sardius stone in appearance, and there was a rainbow around the throne, and its appearance like an emerald. Praise God. I'll tell you what, we got a group of people that's taken the rainbow and perverted it. But I want to tell you what, the rainbow is God's creation. The first rainbow that ever appeared was after the flood when the waters receded and Noah looked out and God had put a rainbow in the cloud. And it was a covenant of promise made that God would never, ever destroy the earth with water again. That was a covenant promise of God. Now, we know the earth is going to be destroyed one day, but it's not going to be by water. It's going to be by fire and brimstone. I mean, God's going to take care of everything at that time. But the covenant was made. God keeps His Word. And God let John on the Isle of Patmos see the rainbow around the throne. Glory to God. And meaning that God is a covenant keeper. He keeps His promise. He keeps His Word. And God has said that we are going to heaven and that the Lord is going to be with us. Amen? God is on our side. Now, heaven's a place of reunions. How many knows one day we're going to get to see, see the Lord? How many knows one day we're going to be reunited with loved ones that's going on to be with the Lord? Amen. Every one of us here, I'm not going to ask how many's got loved ones up in heaven because we all do. We all have ones that's died and left this earth and went on into the presence of the Lord. But they're, they're, they're dead in their physical body, but their spirit man is still alive. 
in the presence of God. We're going to show that in just a moment. But, but heaven's a place of reunions. It's 1 Samuel 12, 22 through 23. David, this is talking about when his baby that was born after it was conceived in sin and the baby was born, that the child was alive while the child was alive. The, the child got sick. And while the child was alive, I fasted and I wept. For I said, who can tell whether the Lord will be gracious to me that the child may live? But now he is dead. Why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? But listen to what he said. I shall go to him. But he shall not return to me. In other words, there is a place that the spirits of our loved ones go to that we will, we will go back. Amen. We will see them again. We will see them alive. Hallelujah. How many knows you don't ever die? You just live on. Amen? We die in the physical realm, but not in our the real you. The real person. That real person is still alive in the presence of God. Hallelujah. And the psalmist David said in Psalm 73, verse 25, he said, Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is none upon earth that I desire but you. And in Matthew 6.20, Jesus even encouraged us to lay up our treasures up in heaven. In other words, don't lay up treasures on earth where moth and rust doth corrupt. How many knows all the money you have one day, if the Lord tarries, I'm just putting this out there for food for thought. If the Lord tarries, your money won't be worth anything. We're already being programmed not to even... Think about cash. How many knows that? How many remember when those uh, uh, debit cards first came out? There was a lot of Christians said, I'm not going to get one because that's the mark of the beast. That's the mark of the beast. Well, you know, uh, hey, I'm not going to fault them and I'm not going to criticize them because it is the beginning of the mark of the beast. Because they can track everything you do. With that card. Oh, listen. How many understands what we're saying today? Amen. We can, any, everything we do. Revelation 21. How many believe God comforts us on heaven? Oh, yeah. Revelation 21 and 4 says, God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Now, I know some of us, I still have tears when I think about my loved ones that's going on to be with the Lord. I, I still have tears and anguish a little bit because I, I wanted to, I, I'd love to see them some more. How, how many knows what I'm talking about? Y'all, y'all all been there. We, we have those times, but there's coming a day when we're in literal heaven. God will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there'll be no more sorrow. No more crying. There'll be no more pain. For the former things have passed away. Hallelujah. We have that assurance from God Himself. John got this message from the Lord Himself. And God said He would wipe away every tear from their eyes. (laughs) But even with these insights, uh, we're not given a comprehensive view of what heaven is really like. I mean, it's hard to just really see what heaven is really like. In everything. But look what it says in 1 Corinthians 2nd chapter 9 through 10. But as it is written, eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit and by his spirit. Amen. Eye has not seen, nor ear heard. How many things? Listen, we'll never know what heaven's like till we're there. All we can do is hear, read, but we'll never get the fullness of it until we're literally there ourselves. And when we do, this is what Paul's saying, it's written, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither has it entered the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him, but God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. Now, we've had a revelation of what God has, but it's still not going to be the same as when we literally see what God's done. Amen? God, listen, we, we got some great things in store for us. Some good things are ahead. So, God's prepared. Now, I want to I I say something here right now. 
There's doctrines out there on death. And some people call it what they call soul sleep. Now, to be present with the Lord is to be absent from this body. Amen. Soul sleep is not a doctrine of believing Christians. When we leave this earth by death, there's no way to come back and make it right again for anything that we've done. But when we leave, we're leaving just like we are. If we're born again, holy living, (laughs) sanctified, we're going to leave that way. But if we're not that way, we're not going to leave that way. It's important for us to keep our relationship right with the Lord. It's important for our loved ones to understand this. But soul sleep is not a doctrine of believing Christians. Now look what Paul said. Over in uh, 2 Corinthians 5, verses 1 through 8. By the way, soul sleep is something that uh, there's a couple of denominations, or I, I call them, I don't even like to use the word denomination, but you're either Christian or you're not a Christian. <laughs> you're either born again or you're not born again. Amen? Amen. Yeah, you ever met somebody and said, they said, uh, or, uh, you know, talk about being a believer. And they said, well, well, I am such and such. I am of this group. Or I am of that church. Or I'm of that. That, that doesn't matter. Amen. That's not what, that's not what I'm we're, we're the, we're part of the church of the living God. Yeah, we're the, we're, we're part of the church of Jesus Christ. We're his body in this earth. And one day we're going to be reunited with the Lord. But look what Paul said. In Corinthians, he said, For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, talk about this body, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation, which is from heaven. If indeed having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. For he, we who are in this tent groan, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed, that mortality may be swallowed up by life. Now, he who has prepared us for the very thing is, of God, is God, who also has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. So we're also confident, knowing that while we're at home in the body, we're absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight, and we're confident, yes, well-pleased, Rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Now, soul sleep, and I'm saying this because you'd be surprised at a lot of believers that believe this. And and we're not condemning nobody. I mean, I understand what I'm saying. But when we take our last breath here, we're either in the presence of God or in the other place. Called hell. And I'm going to prove it with scriptures. Amen. And somebody said, why are we teaching this? Because sometimes I think we just need to understand. Because it's getting closer for the coming of the Lord. Amen. Amen. The Lord's getting ready to come back. But soul sleep. Soul sleep is is the concept when someone dies, their soul goes to sleep. And you're in a suspended animation. Now, soul sleep got started... Back in the 1830s, actually, through somebody getting some revelation. And uh, then in 1870, this group splintered off into two major sects that we have right today in the United States. I'm not going to name them. But uh, uh, they believe uh, in soul sleep, that the body is just, you're, in a, a, in, in the, you're, you're just asleep in the grave. Now, we're going to show by Scripture that that's not true. We, we, we don't believe in soul sleep. Amen? But they just believe they're waiting for the day when they wake up. 
But the, the soul sleep teaching is that when a person dies, their soul is asleep. Like you go to bed at night and rest. You're asleep. Some of us get into deep sleeps. I tell you what, there's some people in deep sleeps, you worry about them sometimes. I mean, you hit them on the leg. And I'm not talking about nobody, but you, you know. But the doctor's soul sleep started then. But the idea of being in heaven after death was realized by both Stephen and Paul. You know, how many, I'm going to take this word over anybody else's Amen. definition. Yeah. Some visions are not from God. <laughs> Angels, demon spirits, the devil himself can come as an angel of light. As an angel of light. I remember hearing a preacher back in the days when I was younger, I had the privilege of being able to be in the move of God, you know, some of the moves of God that happened. How many knows in 1948 a great healing revival started? And there was a great move of God. It doesn't mean that healing has stopped, but there was just a real move of the miraculous and things happening. And But there was a preacher in Beaumont, Texas that... He, he, he was part of the move at that time, and he was in his office praying, and three men walked through the wall. Now, we would think these would be angels. Well, they were. They were angels, but not angels of God. They were angels of light, and uh, to come in and to, to portray as a real angel. But this man had enough spiritual perception about him, and enough knowledge of the Word... To understand, because they begin to talk to him and, of course, give him flowery words and begin to talk about how great he is, how God has chosen you for this day and this time. And, you know, magnifying him and lifting him up to that place to where, you know, that he felt like he was somebody, you know, somebody special. And you know what he did? He recognized, number one, they weren't exalting the Lord. They were trying to exalt him. And he recognized it was the spirit of Satan. And he said, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get out of here. Just go. And they left. Some other preachers heard him tell about that. They said, well, that was probably God. That was probably... He said, it wasn't God, it was the devil. Only one is exhausted, that's Jesus Christ. And the devil is trying to exalt my flesh. See, I tell you what, it takes a man and woman of God to recognize when it's not God, when it's the Lord. Amen. When, it's not, when it is the Lord and it's not uh, of God. Amen? Yep. We need to understand that. But Stephen, remember Stephen, uh, and we won't go through all the scriptures here, but uh, in Acts 7, verses 54 through 60, remember he was the first, one of the first deacons that was appointed to the church. And evidently, he was a fired up deacon. He's preaching, and the Holy Ghost was up on him, and things were happening. And they, the the the, uh, uh, the people that was anti-Christian, came to him, and they they took him, and they began to gnash on him with their teeth because of the truths that were coming out of him as he was speaking about Jesus and the name of Jesus and the and who he was Jesus being the Lord and they cried out with a loud voice stopped up their ears now you know i haven't had this type of depth of incident but i've been in incidents where you're preaching the word and people get mad literally get mad I mean, literally. I was in one church. Pastor's wife, of all people, got mad. Threw a songbook across the... I'm glad I wasn't in its pathway. Of course, I could have showed my great catching skills and got it, you know. But, But what I'm saying is, the spirit of Satan is still in the world. There's some people... That don't want the truth. <laughs> and the Bible said they stopped up their ears. 
they stopped up their ears and ran at him with one accord. This this is found in Acts 7 chapter 54 through 60. They, They stopped up there and all these men ran at him with one accord. And they cast him out of the city and they stoned him. Until his life was drained out of his body. But as they stoned him, Stephen was calling out to God saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice. Now listen to this. Here they're killing him. Lord, do not charge them with this sin. Why? Because what he was preaching was Jesus. What Jesus came to do. Jesus came to redeem. Jesus, because of his blood, they were redeemed and could become new creatures in Christ. And he said, don't charge this with this sin. And when he said this, the Bible said he fell asleep. But, we also got to understand that just before he died, he said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Hallelujah. Receive my spirit. In other words, Stephen knew where he was headed. He knew where he was going. And he knew it was a real place called heaven. So, when we get to heaven, we're in heaven after death. I, I, I'm going to emphasize that because, listen, when someone dies and they're a believer, they're in the presence of God. Immediately, just like that, they're in the presence of the Lord. One day, we're going to be in the presence of the Lord. But he said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then, Paul made this statement. Paul also exhorted the church of Philippi to stand fast. He was writing from a prison in Rome. Paul's days were numbered. He was getting ready to be executed. And... uh, he was encouraging the believers of the church of Philippi to, to, uh, to, live, to live lives that would glorify God. And look what he said. Brethren, join in following my example in Philippians, the third chapter, 17 through 20. And note those who so walk as you, often, often, uh, as you have us for a pattern. For many walk, whom I've told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they're enemies of the cross of Christ whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, whose glory is in their shame, who set their mind on earthly things. For our citizenship, this is Paul talking, our citizenship is in heaven from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our body that it may be conformed to His glorious body according to the working by which He's able to subdue all things to Himself. One place, Paul said, I'm now ready to be offered. The time of my departure is at hand, and I'm now ready to be offered. So, heaven is a real place. When we take our last breath here, we're taking our first breath in heaven. It may be good night here, but up there it's good morning. Hallelujah. And I like what the old Gaither Songs said, you know, when they, at their gatherings that they do, and, uh, uh, you know, we'll, we'll meet you in heaven. I'll see you at the house. That, that's their saying, I'll see you at the house. Praise God. Now, listen, we, we got to understand, we're part of a family of God. We're all part of the family of God. Every one of us here are part of the same family of God. And we're all going to, one day, if the Lord tarries, we're all going to say, see you at the house. And it's going to be a glorious time if that time comes. We can say, I'll see you at the house. Because we have that confidence that God's Word is truth. And that we're new creatures in Christ Jesus. And there's a real heaven and there's a real hell. Amen? (laughs) So stand fast in the Lord. Now, a believer, I want to go back to that citizenship in heaven as we're looking at this. Philippians, the third chapter. Where Paul's saying this, brethren, join in following my example and note those who so walk uh, as you uh, have us for a pattern. For many walk of them, I told you often, now tell you these weeping, that they're enemies 
of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who set their mind on earthly things. Earthly things. Listen, things of this earth don't matter when you leave here. Praise God. Now, mind you, I think God gives us sense to where we set our house in order. And we have to set our house in order. We have to have things in order here. If I go before the rapture takes place or the coming of the Lord, you know, uh, I, I, I've got things in order so that things are going to go to, to my daughter and my, my granddaughters. And, of course, Pat's going to be well taken care of because I believe in setting the house in order. We got to be prepared for setting the house in order because some of us will be left here when some of us go on to be with the Lord. But saying that, let's don't forget the coming of the Lord draws nigh. And time on this earth is really short. Can you say amen? Now, Paul said, stand fast. But our citizenship, our citizenship. Now, let's look at these three things. I, I just want you to see something. Heaven is our home. What's that song? Uh, Anywhere is home. If Christ my Lord is there. Earthly wealth and fame and all this stuff. It doesn't really matter because, you see, when we get to heaven, all this is just going to be nothing. It's nothing. Because we got so much better. But heaven is our home. That word translated citizenship uh, it literally means a commonwealth or a homeland. We, heaven is our home. Amen. I used to be proud to say I was from Texas. <laughs> Pat, ever since she got down here, she's always wrote back to her friends, I'm in Texas and I got here as quick as I could. <laughs> Amen. Because, listen, I, I think we got the greatest state in the world. Amen. I do. I believe that. I've been in many, many states, and there's a lot of states that are beautiful and got beautiful things, but I still love Texas. I never forget my little brother, my daddy, and my mom took us on a big, long vacation. We, wrote, we drove, you know. Back then, that's when you didn't stay in hotels. You just drove and stopped on the side of the road and slept. I, know, I remember I was falling up. My brother was falling up. We'd just get in the, in the back uh, uh, floorboard, you know, and just sleep. And just think, nowadays, that would be dangerous, I guess, with all the fumes and stuff, you know. But, hey, we didn't know no better back then. We made it. I may be a little bit crazy because of it, but, you know, that's okay. That's just the effects of those fumes. <laughs> but, <I'll, laughs> but, we, but, we, but we had a great time in the Lord. Amen. Just doing that. But our, our heaven is our home. Heaven's your home. Yeah, this is where we live now, but heaven's our home. If we live in this earth, and if you live a good, like Moses, 120 years, that's a drop in the bucket compared to eternity in heaven. To God, time is nothing. You know, God God can do anything. And this fellow, he told the Lord, he said, Lord, I want, I want to be a millionaire. I want to be a millionaire. I know you can just make me a millionaire right now. Can you do that? Of course, the Lord doesn't know time like we know. He said, uh, in just a second. (laughs) A day with the Lord is a thousand years. A thousand years is one day, right? (laughs) So, he told him just a second. He did, well, anyway, y'all get it later. (laughs) But heaven's our home. Amen. We represent Christ on this earth. Now look what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, verses 19 through 20. To wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are our ambassadors. How many knows? See, we're part of another country now. And we're ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. So we're foreigners on this earth. I don't know about you, but what's that old song, I'm homesick for heaven? Is there something about something like that, about home, being homesick for heaven? You know, of all the th- good things that we can have in this earth, there's still something on the inside of a believer that yearns 
for that eternal place called heaven. Heaven is real. I said heaven is real. And we're foreigners here. But we just need to go forward. Now look at Hebrews eleven thirteen through 16. Talking about the sojourners in the land. So talking about the pilgrims and sojourners that were here before us. And he said, these all died in faith. Talking about the people. Hebrews 11 is a, is a roll call of the heroes of faith. Not having received the promise, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on this earth. For those who, who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, that is, a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He has prepared a place and a city for them. Hallelujah! God's prepared a place for us. In heaven. Heaven is not here. And I don't believe any of us believe that. Heaven's not here. I believe we can make our home as heavenly as possible. As inviting as possible. Make our children as comfortable as possible in the home. Because this, but we need to also put in them and impart into them heaven is a lot better than this. Heaven's a lot better than this. Amen? Heaven's not here. John 14, 1 through 4, Jesus said this, Let not your heart be troubled. Believe Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Amen. There you will be also. Praise God. And so, thank God. We, how many glad you got the promise? Amen. Jesus Himself said that. I, and I don't know, did we sing that a while ago? This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckoned me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. You know, I don't know about you. But there's times that I just don't feel at home in this whole world. How many understands what I'm saying? Do you, y'all, y'all, y'all feel that way sometimes? You just don't feel at home in this world. All the beauty and all of the landscape and all the stuff that we have, one day, the Bible said this earth is going to be burned up. But heaven is our home. Heaven is real. Can you say amen? A lot of people sing that song, but a lot of people sing it this way now. This world is now my home. I think that I'll make do. My stocks and bonds I'm saving for when my job is through. My RV beckons me. The, uh, the open road, my fate. Retirement is my heaven. Eternity can wait. <laughs> now, I know you don't feel that way. <laughs> And I tell you, and every one of us that are retired, you deserve every retirement benefit you got. Amen? How, how many understands what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying is, all of the things we have doesn't compare to what heaven is. All the wealth that we can accumulate here is nothing compared to what heaven has waiting for us. Heaven. Everybody say heaven's real. <laughs> Paul said this in 2 Timothy 4, 6, 8. Look at how he exhorted the church. I'm now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I don't know about you, but there's some people, especially those that have been going through long sickness, a long time of sickness or something like that, they know in their heart that their time of departure is coming close. And they know that in their heart. They just know that in their spirit. And Paul said, the time of my departure is at hand. Now, I want to be able to say like him, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I've kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at, uh, at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love His appearing. In other words, Paul wouldn't put himself better than anybody else. He said, this is for all. That love is appearing. All that are waiting on that. So where do we go when we die? Hmm. 
Philippians 3, 20 through 22. Our citizenship is in heaven, Paul said. For we which also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, He'll transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to His glorious body according to the working by which He is able even to subdue all things by Himself. The rich man in Lazarus. How many of you ever heard the story of rich man in Lazarus? There was a certain rich man. Now, Jesus was giving this, and He said there was a certain rich man. I, I don't believe this was just some fairy story he was telling. There was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus full of sores who was laid at his gate desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. And moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. So it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. Now, I want you to notice here what Jesus is telling here. The beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. That's where the dead in the Lord went at that time. Because Jesus hadn't yet died and, and taken the stripes on his back and shed his blood and buried and resurrected. And during those three days and nights, he was in the very lower regions of earth. And he was taking the keys of death and hell away from the devil at that point, And he was getting victory for us. So, he said, Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And being in torments in hell, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And look what he says. He cried out and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. For I'm tormented in these flames. But Abraham said, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things. And likewise, Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted and you are tormented. And besides all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that those who want to pass from here uh, to you cannot, nor can those from there pass to us. Now, you know, I, I, I'm not trying. You know, I'm not trying to put a damper on our spirits this morning. <laughs> but I, I want to understand: heaven is real; hell's real. There's a real place called heaven. And there's a real place called hell. And we can't pass through that gulf. He said, just, just let it, he said, I beg your father, send them to my father's house, for I have five brothers. He may testify them. They also come to this place of torment. Abraham said to him, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. Hmm. Amen? If they won't believe... If they're not, not going to believe the prophets, and they're not going to believe those that are speaking the Word and preaching the Word today, they're not going to believe somebody come back from the dead. Amen. They're going to say it was a hoax anyway. <laughs> Amen. But he said, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded by one that is raised from the dead. So, heaven's real, hell's real. Getting back to that point of soul sleep, in other words, when we leave this body, we're either going to heaven or we're going to hell. Amen? And when Jesus hung on the cross, remember the thief was railing him and said, he said, if you're Christ, cast yourself down from here and us too. But then the other one, on the other hand, on the other side, said, remember me when you come into paradise. Remember me. And Jesus turned to him and said, Today you shall be with me. Amen. Hallelujah. Now where did Jesus go? He went and preached the gospel to those that had died before the New Testament era. And he went and preached the gospel to the old patriarchs. And all of those, all the prophets had prophesied all of these things that Jesus had done. Prophecies had been fulfilled. And they went and, uh, uh, you, you know, Jesus, they, they, when they died, they went into a place called Abraham's bosom. Yeah. This is where the rich man, or, or the or Lazarus, the, the beggar, he went into Abraham's bosom. And the rich man went into hell. But the, Lazarus was in Abraham's bosom. And Jesus went for those three days and three nights, and He preached. And led them forth victoriously. 
Let all the captives out. And there they come into the new place called heaven. <laughs> Hallelujah. Heaven's real. I, 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 just want to, I, I just want to get down our spirits this morning. Heaven's real. Amen. <laughs> Heaven's real. First Peter 3.19 says, By which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison. This is Jesus going to the, and preaching. Which sometime were disobedient, when once the long suffering of God walked in the days of Noah, while the ark was preparing, wherein few that his eight souls were saved. And this scripture tells us how when Jesus died, he went and preached to souls in spiritual prison, those who had never heard salvation's message. So, there is a place where sinners go. But thank God, thank God, we're, we're hearing the word today. How, how many glad you heard the promise? How many glad you got a revelation of heaven? Heaven's real. Heaven is ours. Heaven is ours. Thank God. When, when we leave this earth, we're in the presence of God. Amen. I went to the cemetery, you know, after my wife, first wife passed away. I go out there, make sure there's flowers on it, you know, and etc. There's nothing wrong with that. But I do know that in there is just the shell. The spirit that she had is in the presence of God. Hallelujah. One day, the body will be raised. Resurrected by the power of God. We'll have a new body. Hallelujah. Thank God. Y'all get anything out of this? I'm just preaching myself happy. Paul said, I'm ready. I am now ready to be offered. I, I want to ask you a question this morning. Are you ready? I, I'm talking to believe. I'm talking about Holy Ghost filled believers this morning. If, if the Lord said, your time is up. Are we ready? Are we ready? Are we ready to be offered? Do, are we ready for that departure? If it's at hand right now, are we ready to really go? And I have to ask us this question. If God was calling our loved one, are we ready to release them? Because you see, at that point, you've got to be able to release them. I'll never forget my wife, Carol. She called me in the room. And I'll have to say this for my wife. She had a revelation that Jesus bore her pain. She had that revelation. She never took one pain pill. No pain medicine. Nothing to help. If she hurt, nobody knew it. I mean, that's just, 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 just the way. She had that revelation. But she also had a revelation that she called me in there one day, and she's just smiling and just as happy as could be, sitting in the chair. And I said, wow, I'm going to hear a good report. Glory to God, you know. And she said, sit down. i got something to tell you. She said, I'm going home. I looked around. I said, you are home. Because <laughs> I knew what she was talking about. I was just trying to be funny. She said, no, I'm going home. And she said, don't worry about it. Because she had already got a glimpse. I, I, don't, I can't explain what people see when they're getting ready to leave. But they see through a veil. And they can see their loved ones on the other side. They can, I, I've heard many, many people give this account. That when they're leaving, that they see their loved ones on the other side. And she said, don't worry. I'm ready. I don't know if it'll be this week, tomorrow, or two weeks, but I'm going home. Amen. And she said, when I go home, Clarence Richard, don't try to raise me back from the dead. Amen. She made me promise that. Because she remembered Smith Wigglesworth. His wife preached and he preached. They were in two separate places. She fell dead one night. He rushed over there and raised her up from the dead. And this is the account from witnesses and people that were there at that time. And, and she got up and she says, Smith, 
Next time I go, leave me alone. And my wife said, when I go, you leave me alone. I'll never forget the morning she went. The Spirit of God was in that place. The presence of the Lord was there. I, I went over to her and I, she was laying there. And, and I mean, she just never had no pain medicine whatsoever. And she was just resting and sleeping. And I, I kind of touched her and she opened her eyes. I said, Carol Dowerfield, you know I love you with all my heart. And she went, uh-huh. I love you too. I said, I'm going to give you a big old kiss. And I reached over and kissed her. She responded back with a kiss. I got up and just turned and went about six steps to the restroom, which was right there. And, I just, and when I got into the restroom, I, I, I'm, I'm serious. I'm, I'm not exaggerating. That room lightened up. And we had it pretty light with lights on. But, I mean, it lightened up. And I walked and I saw her laying there. Like she was just asleep. And the presence of God was so strong it almost knocked me over. And I went over and I looked up in the corner of the room and I just, uh, I didn't see this, but I was just thinking this. I said, she's probably up there telling me, Clarence Richard, don't you try to raise me up. (laughs) And I didn't. But she went on to be with the Lord. Her body was there, but she wasn't there. Your spirit, man, is real. And when you leave this earth, you're either going up or you're going down. The rich man went down, Lazarus went up. What we have to understand is, it's real. The power, I'll tell you, heaven, are you prepared for it? (laughs) Are you ready for it? Are you ready? I mean, should the should the Lord tap you on the shoulder and said, "Hey, I need you up here for a while <laughs> before we all come back together"? You know, He's going to come back with ten thousands of His saints. That's what the Bible says. And He said, "If He if He taps us, are we ready for heaven? Are we ready for it? Heaven's real." I said, "Heaven's real." And I'll tell you what. Thank God for the power of the Lord. Can you say Amen? Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> Paul said in Second Corinthians, we're also confident knowing that while we're at home in the body, we're absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. And we're confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Heaven's real. Hell's real, but heaven's real. And I'm not going to ask how many here has got loved ones going on over because I know every one of us do. We've all got loved ones that's going on to be with the Lord. But I want to tell you something. They're as alive today as they were when they were here, if they're believers. If they were believers. Amen. They're as alive today in the presence of God as they were while they was on this earth. They're just in a different state than what we are. (laughs) They're in a new country called heaven. We're still on this earth right now doing the work of the Lord. But I tell you what, I want to be able to take as many people as I can to heaven. I want to be, Sister Pat, you're going to see your son. <laughs> you're, going to, you're going to see all those other loved ones. Amen. We're, we're going to see them. Every one of us here has had loved ones to go and be with the Lord. We're going to see them. We're going to see them face to face again. But I want to tell you something. The assurance that we have this morning from the Word and by the Spirit of God is they just beat us there. <laughs> and it's real. Heaven's real. It's a real place. And I don't know about you, but I want to go. How many here want to go? Somebody said, I want to go, but I don't want to go on this next load now. <laughs> but we're going. We're going. Lift your hands and thank God. Amen. Just thank God. Amen. Just thank God for who, what we have and what we have in Him. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Do you love him this morning? If you know, if you know some of these words of this chorus or song I'm going to do. Oh, I am going to 
loved ones but you know our hope is in the word our hope is in the Lord our hope is in what Jesus said and I believe what his word says heaven is real Father we just join together today and Lord we just ask that the Holy Spirit just send a special comfort to every heart to every individual today. Lord, we've all lost loved ones. But let that comfort, let that comfort come knowing that they're in Your presence. Lord, they've already entered in to Your presence and they're there. And Father, we just thank You for that reality. That reality of the truth in our hearts that we know that heaven's real. That we all one day that we all one day are going to be able to see Jesus. And Lord, we just give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Turn to that person next to you and say, I'm going to heaven one day. God bless you. Hear 
may bloom but for a season. Soon their beauty is decayed. I am going to a city where the roses never fade. God bless you all. We'll see you all. Tonight at 6, those that can come, amen.